What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Insightful Principles. And with this month being Black History Month, I wanted to really discuss some of the growth we're seeing with Black-owned businesses throughout America. And I think it's important during this time to really share our history and highlight some of the progress we are seeing as a community as well as talking through some of the challenges that we tend to see with Black-owned businesses and what they face today, such as limited access to capital, discriminatory uh, lending practices, and other systematic barriers. Now, according to the Census Bureau, um, there are about 3.12 million Black-owned businesses in America, so that's great. Um, I've, I noticed when I was reading online uh, they showed how between 2019 and 2020, uh, the growth of black-owned businesses was a little bit stagnant. Um, it actually showed that uh, from between the year, a percentage of U.S. businesses were only about 2.4% were black owners. And that the uh, it was pretty much uh, steady during that time. So uh, there, there has been some growth over the recent years, but it still has been... Uh, a little bit stagnant uh, when it comes to what we're seeing with uh, just more uh, Black-owned businesses throughout America. Uh, but I also found some other notable facts that I thought were pretty interesting. And it talked about how uh, Black-owned businesses employ approximately 920,000 people with a total annual payroll of $23.9 billion dollars. Now, one statistic that I read that I thought about and I said, we have to look at ways of how to be better and how to encourage a more black entrepreneurship. And it was this statistic. It talked about how blacks make up about 13 percent of the population, but only 2.4 percent of all U.S. businesses are black owned. So I kind of just mentioned how looking more recently in 2019 to 2020, uh, only 2.4% of all U.S. businesses have black owners. And I also was reading more of the racial makeup of U.S. business owners across America. And right now, uh, for Caucasians, uh, they own about 82.7% of all U.S. businesses. Uh, Asians own about 10.6%. And then, like I mentioned with blacks, um, we're about 2.4%. And so that just kind of shows you some of the, the racial makeup. And it, and it really just goes to show that, you know, once again, even if you look more to the median net worth of a white family and a black family, it's a discrepancy similar to what we're seeing with the racial makeup with uh, the U.S. businesses that we own in America. You know, I know when it comes to the median net worth uh, for the white family, um, it's somewhere around about $188,000 that I want to say. Uh, but then for black families, it's only about twenty four, dollars $25,000. Uh, so I think that that discrepancy, we're also seeing that with black entrepreneurship. And I think that there has to be more conversations of pushing people to want to learn more about starting their own business, becoming more familiar with getting the necessary funding to be able to expand their business if there are already a, a Black-owned business. And it really just goes to show that there's still that, that gap that we're seeing of just ownership when it comes to business. 
within America and how it needs to be more prevalent within the black community. Uh, but some other uh, notable facts that I read that I thought was pretty uh, informative was more than four in 10 black owned businesses are in healthcare, social assistance or professional scientific and technical service industries. And about 41.4% of black owned businesses are in one of these two industries. And when you think about healthcare and social assistance, uh, these are jobs like people that are physicians, dentists, child child care day services workers, and, and, and much more. And they make up about 27.5% uh, of a lot of the businesses that we see uh, within America. Now, when it comes to professional, scientific, and technical service businesses, uh, these are job titles uh, such as accountants, uh, tax uh, preparers, lawyers, uh, consulting services, advertising services, how these percentages break down for the top industries for black owned businesses. So I mentioned with healthcare and social assistance, how that is the largest category when it comes to black owned businesses within America. And the percentage of black owned businesses is typically about 27.5%. Now, the total amount of black owned businesses in that sector is about 38,819 different businesses. And then for the professional scientific and technical services, uh, the total amount of black owned businesses is 19,575. And it's about 13.9% for the percentage of all the black owned businesses within America. And then there are other categories uh, such as construction. Uh, they have about 10,330 black owned businesses within America. And they make up about 7.3%. Uh, of just all uh, black owned businesses within the industry with the current market conditions and what we have seen throughout the crypto industry it highlights the importance of self-custody and holding your private keys with bitcoin ledger they're the largest crypto hardware wallet in the world they're trusted by over 4 million customers their ledger live app makes it easy to securely manage buy and trade your crypto if you do not control your own private keys you simply do not own your bitcoin exchanges that have had an exhaustive history of being hacked not all but some horror wallets protect against you losing your funds to get started today go into the link in my show notes and start securing your bitcoin assets with ledger and Another thing that I'm noticing of why healthcare and social assistance uh, tends to be the highest category of uh, ownership with uh, black businesses is the healthcare industry, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, they're projecting that it could grow to 13% between 2021 and 2031. So I think that this definitely presents more opportunities for employment than some of the other uh, slow growing industries. And I think that for the professional scientific and the technical service businesses, which include uh, things like payroll services, graphic design, advertising agencies, uh, this may be attractive for uh, black owners because it doesn't require significant startup capital. Uh, which can be a barrier for many black entrepreneurs who may have limited access to traditional forms of financing. So I think that looking at 
these industries, especially if you're someone listening and wanting to see where that market growth is uh, for black owned businesses, I definitely think looking into those different sectors are some good things to keep in mind. Uh, now, some other notable growth trends that we're seeing with black ownership over the years is Atlanta actually has the highest rate of black owned businesses in the U.S. And I did do some reading that talked about how uh, 7.4% of businesses in Georgia, um, they are black owned. Also beyond Atlanta, you have a city like Washington, D.C., uh, that has a percentage of about 7.0% of black-owned businesses, uh, which is about 25.1% of the population that is black. Um, with Atlanta, I know it has showed that about 34.2% of the population that's black, uh, they actually own uh, those businesses within uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And then some of the other notable cities, I mean, you have Virginia Beach, you have uh, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And there are also quite a few of places in Florida, uh, such as Orlando, Jacksonville, and Miami, uh, that have a, a good uh, presence uh, when it comes to Black-owned businesses. So some of the cities that tend to have more of the lower percentages uh, when it comes to black-owned businesses is you have places like Portland, Oregon. They only have about 0.9% of black-owned businesses. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, which is, is crazy to think about that. Their percentage is significantly lower as well. When you think about how Black Wall Street, uh, that's the heart of the city of where that was started. And it nearly hasn't been able to get back to the level that it was um, back in the 1900s when you had a lot of thriving businesses that worked uh, within uh, the different uh, towns in Tulsa. Um, so that's just kind of showing some of the percentages of cities that have higher presence with Black-owned businesses and some that tend to not have as, uh, as high or prevalence uh, of uh, just more uh, Black-owned businesses. Uh, but some other things that I think is great to see is that uh, there has been some very uh, successful um, Black-owned businesses through the years. And I was uh, reading how the Worldwide Technology, uh, they're actually the largest Black-owned business in the country uh, with more than $10 billion in revenue and over 5,000 employees. Uh, David L. Stewart is actually the founder of that company. Um, you also have another company uh, such as North Carolina uh, Mutual Life Insurance. Uh, that was actually founded uh, back in 1898. And it was founded by a group of black social leaders um, who pulled their own resources to create an insurance company uh, for the underserved African-American community. And one of the founders, uh, John Merrick, uh, he actually was born into slavery and then he built up a successful barbershop business with branches throughout the Durham, uh, North Carolina area before moving into insurance. And even today, uh, North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance, they have about 160 million assets under management. You know, I think it really just shows that uh, there still are some large impactful black owned businesses that are still thriving in today's time and also i do want to discuss some of the challenges that we're seeing with black owned businesses and really thinking about uh just some of the solutions to being able to overcome 
uh, some of the barriers that uh, black entrepreneurs experience as they're starting to build uh, their own business. And I, I think uh, when it comes to getting uh, access to capital, um, it definitely is a crucial factor uh, in the success and growth of any business. And I think especially for black owned businesses, we kind of talked here throughout the day, uh, just some of the challenges that we're seeing with uh, just the gaps of the percentages uh, compared to uh, white business owners in comparison to what we own and, and what they own. Uh, I also know that, you know, black business owners tend to receive less business financing and there actually is a funding gap as well. And, and the Federal Reserve uh, actually showed how 80.2% of white business owners receive at least a percentage of the funding they request from a bank, but only 66.4% of uh, blacks and, and other just ethnicities of color like Hispanic and Latino uh, business owners uh, they only receive uh, a certain amount that is nowhere near that percentage. Um, so I definitely think uh, when it comes to the, to the amounts, it's about a $30,000 less uh, comparable to white-owned businesses. Uh, so I think that there is a discrepancy, there is a funding gap, and you know some of the ways that we help overcome that is as black entrepreneurs, we do have to look at leveraging alternative financing sources. So one strategy that you have is this could be crowdfunding, um, it could be peer-to-peer -peer lending, uh, community development, uh, financial institutions in your area. Uh, you have crowdfunding uh, platforms such as Kickstarter um, and Indiegogo. Um, it allows businesses to raise funds from a large number of individual investors, while also peer-to-peer -peer lending platforms such as Lending Club and Prosper. Uh, they allow businesses to borrow money from individuals instead of banks. And then lastly, when it comes to the community development financial institutions, uh, they really help provide capital and technical assistance to underserved communities, including black owned businesses. So I would definitely say if you are a black entrepreneur out there that uh, it needs access to capital that's needing assistance when it comes to building your business. You can look at some of these crowdfunding platforms that I've suggested. And I think it's also important to look at some of the peer-to-peer -peer lending uh, organizations within your community, as well as the community development of uh, financial institutions could be an excellent way uh, to be able to get access to capital. If you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprite will get your show on every major podcast directory, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording. You also get a great looking podcast website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes as well. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card 
Follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Uh, I think also we have to talk about really building relationships with financial institutions and investors. And this happens through networking and attending events where their black entrepreneurs can actually connect with potential lenders and investors. Um, it may also include seeking out mentors or advisors um, who can provide guidance on how to approach lenders and investors to present their businesses in the best possible light. Uh, so I definitely think, you know, you can look at uh, platforms like Meetup where you can link with other people that are also real estate investors. Um, I, I know there are tons of platforms out there where you can actually connect with other people to be able to make those connections, to be able to get some mentoring, looking at ways to network. And I think attending conferences um, in, in whatever your particular field of interest is of where you're wanting to start a business in uh, could be some ways to be able to build those relationships that you need to be able to get the access to capital. And then I also think that investing, uh, there needs to be more uh, equity and inclusion uh, towards uh, business education and mentorship programs. So I think, you know, many black entrepreneurs, they lack the business education and the knowledge needed to access capital and to run a successful business. So I think, you know, having uh, more, you know, seeing a lot of companies coming out and wanting to put more money into, uh, you know, black uh, entrepreneurship or having more STEM programs within high schools uh, that really highlight the importance of um, a, a black individual, even, uh, even thinking about starting more, whether it's a tech company uh, engineering, mathematics, or a science-based uh, company, uh, really creating the infrastructure with the education and the mentorship programs, I think could be tremendously valuable in helping us be able to access more capital. And I, and I think also uh, having just more entrepreneurship programs that are offered by universities and other community organizations uh, can definitely be helpful when it comes to being able to expand uh, the landscape of black, black entrepreneurs. And then I think lastly, uh, we have to continue to keep advocating for policy changes. You know, as I've kind of talked about, you know, throughout all of this podcast, um, there definitely is a racial wealth gap. There's a funding gap. You know, there tends to be uh, more opportunities for uh, Caucasian and, and them getting opportunities for capital uh, when it comes to starting a business. And I think that it needs to be a more equal playing field. And I, I definitely think that, you know, the discriminatory lending practices, uh, that certainly needs to end. And everyone should have the best opportunity when it comes to being able to start a business, no matter what color they are. Um, so I definitely think we do need to advocate for more policy changes that could promote a more equitable and an inclusive business environment. And this may include, you know, advocating for changes in lending and investment practices, like I mentioned, or promoting the development of specialized financing programs uh, for black owned businesses and, and even maybe supporting initiatives in our communities uh, that promote diversity and inclusion within the business community. So I think overall, you know, some of the solutions that I think that we can do uh, that can help us to be able to access more capital um, as black entrepreneurs and being able to build successful businesses uh, really comes to uh, leveraging those alternative financing sources, uh, building relationships with financial institutions and investors, 
investing in business education and mentorship programs, and lastly, uh, advocating for policy changes. And I think that uh, this can allow black entrepreneurs to not only overcome the challenges of limited access to capital, um, but really create an environment where companies can now thrive uh, that can contribute to the growth and prosperity of their communities. So that wraps it up, everyone, for this episode. I, I thank you so much for tuning in. I really enjoyed uh, being able to go through this conversation. I think, you know, Black History Month is a great time for reflection. Um, it's a great time to recognize our black history. And it's also a great time to understand some of the problems and the challenges we have currently still um, as a black community. And what are some of the ways that we can help uh, overcome uh, those barriers and, and really be able to overcome those challenges that we experience. Uh, but I thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, continue to rate, leave a review and share this podcast with your family and friends. And I thank you all for listening to the show and take care.